This podcast brought to you by Basecrete, leaders in waterproof bond coatings for the swimming pool and construction industry. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. Today, we're chatting with one of the most well-known tile artists in the pool industry, Jimmy Reed, president of Rock Solid Tile. Pleasure to have you with us today on the show, Jimmy. Oh, good. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, Jimmy, you're a favorite and a go-to for high-end tile work in the pool industry, and you worked on some phenomenal projects over the years. I mean, your reputation in the world at in-ground pools is well-known and kind of precedes you everywhere you go. I mean, unless you're living under a rock for like the last 20 years, you're the guy in the pool industry and really well-known as one of the top installers of glass mosaic tile in the world. I mean, we got a lot of new folks, and there's a whole new generation of pool guys and gals out there that have maybe never heard of you and they don't know what you're all about. I mean, I would love it if you give us a little bit of backstory about how you got your start and how you got started doing these amazing tile interiors, man. Sure, all right, well, that's all right. There's There are a ton of people coming up and some really very good, talented um, installers. Um, and I think the key for them is, the number one key is to learn the trade and the techniques from the ground up. Uh, don't take any shortcuts. That being said, I'll go back to your original question. Uh, so I started um, I started in the before doing pools in the tile industry in, as, as a helper, you know, mixing mud and cleaning tools for uh, for the guys, I call them uh, 47 years ago. So I've, I've done this for you know a, a day or two. So I, I went up through the ranks doing custom homes. Being from uh, born and raised in LA, um, we I had the opportunity, obviously, to work on some pretty special projects, even from day one. I, I think the first first job I ever worked on um, was for Jacqueline Bissette and her, I don't remember if they were married or boyfriend girlfriend at the time, a guy named Victor Dry, who owns a bunch of hotels now. Um, but this is back in the yeah know, famous actress yeah Jacqueline yeah, yeah. early seventies uh, so that's when I started and that's how I started just being a helper for the tile installers for a group of guys that were doing these these killer kind of handmade uh, organic tile jobs and it just grew from there and I, I learned the trade I learned how to you know hang paper and wire learn how to scratch learn how to float learn how to keep my tools clean learn how to measure, learn how to level and plumb and, you know, do things like I said, as a recommendation from the ground up, you got to learn from the beginning. So that's what I did. I'm fortunate and I'm happy that I was able to do that way. Um, then uh, I think the first pool that we did, well, I went, I went working uh, for a couple of different contractors throughout the earlier years and then just, you know, kind of decided why not. I be the boss and hire these guys. So I inevitably start, I ended up hiring most of the guys that I used to work for <laughs> over the years and they kind of faded out. Um, but I started to grow my business, I would say in the earlier mid eighties is when I, I uh, took off with rock solid. Um, and then uh, we got a pool at the time at about that time and I just, thought that it was really appealing to me, the scope of the project, being that it was a, a big open area as opposed to, you know, a handful of bathrooms and uh, detailed kitchen with, you know, uh, you know, 10 or 15 different trim pieces in each room and 
architects and designers doing weekly meetings. And it was very, it was, um, it was confusing and, and a lot of pressure and stress to go to be working on those uh, high-end interior projects. Uh, comparatively, the working in the pool, although they were, although they were on the high-end uh, projects, it was kind of, especially back then, it was kind of a new thing for LA, or at least an unusual thing for LA to uh, be doing all tile pools. So people really gave us our space as opposed to, you know, the weekly meetings with, you know, 20 people criticizing every piece and move, you know, uh, trying to keep their own jobs. So we were given a lot of space in the beginning and I've consciously kept it that way. Um, and it gives us a, a freedom to really concentrate on our work, doing our work the way we do our work. And um, it's proven to uh, be pretty successful. Hey, Jimmy, when did you notice a, a, a shift in the trend with homeowners leaning more towards uh, glass tile? I mean, what was that like, like 15, 20 years ago that it really started to take off and become popular? Um, well, yeah, I mean, we were even doing mosaic bathrooms, um, you know, way earlier than that. I think, I think out of all the pools we've ever done, I would say probably 85% of them are glass. And that was from day one. But even like I say, before that, we did plenty of glass style bathrooms and kitchens and so forth. But I do think that glass has taken off um, definitely in the last, well, at least from the late 80s or so. Hey, Jimmy, can you walk me through your playbook? I mean, what's the process for consulting on a high-end glass tile project? I mean, how do you work with builders and general contractors on planning, designing, and budgeting for these types of projects? Well, I mean, every project's different, and I get called into every project kind of at a different time. Sometimes, sometimes I'll be called at the, you know, they'll already have material on site. They'll have a, a shell. Everything is already built and ready to go. Um, and then they'll have to wait, but um, sometimes I'm called in, sometimes I'm called in before even the team. Many times I'll be, for some reason, get the first call where they need a, a tile pool and I'll visit a job site or, or meet with a client and they don't even have a pool yet or they're or what they think is just going to be a, uh, you know, tile, their existing pool turns into uh, you know, a full landscape redesign of the entire project and a lot of times tearing out the old pool. So sometimes I'll come and recommend that we recreate a team with a landscape architect and a, and a legitimate viable pool builder to really take on the project and make it uh, worthy of, of what they are ultimately looking for. Um, so it really is all different. Yeah, I read an article um... Dave Penton actually wrote about you in uh, Watershape, uh, where he said you were the point man on uh, one particular job where you brought him and Dave Peterson and a few others in. Um, I think he, I, you may remember this project. It had a, a really incredible floating pedestal with this sculpture in the middle of it. Um, we're actually going to be highlighting that project in Pool Magazine. I was hoping maybe you could talk a little bit more about that vessel and what you did there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I do. I definitely remember that. That, that is one of many um, that that same scenario has taken place. Um, I was called to exactly the same thing, uh, an existing pool. I was called by the homeowner uh, interested in doing an all tile pool for what in what she had. And it was a beautiful house in, um, I think it was South Pasadena. And um, it just, what she had there and what she was looking for, I could tell that there, there was so much more 
that could go on there. And she was definitely open to it. So again, so like I say, I suggested a landscape architect, a, a guy we work with often, Allison Terry and Dave Penton to come in. And we, it, the three of us as a team kind of took it over. But then, so what happens is at that point, kind of a, a six month or year long design process starts as opposed to, you know, what, come and look at my pool, when can you start? But the outcome of that was pretty incredible. Yeah, so we redid um, the existing pool. Dave converted a, Dave and Allison designed and converted a big tree planter into a spa, which was really difficult for them uh, hydraulically, I know. And, um, and the, the pedestal uh, sculpture you're talking about, that was a, another weird existing water feature that they were able to, to connect visually and, and technically, and it just all kind of came together really well. Pretty detailed project. It's incredible. What, what kind of tile is on that? That's a custom sea cheese blend. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, hey, it's um, we see a lot of folks trying to get into glass mosaic tile and large mm -hmm. format tile is also becoming real popular right now. And you're in the same Facebook groups that I'm in. And we see a ton of failures in this industry where the tile develops fluorescence over time or the tile pops off after a while. I mean, what are these guys out there doing that is so different from the way that folks like you and Ray and Danilo and Jeff do things? I mean, what are they doing that's different? Well, it's not so much what they're doing, it's what they're not doing, I would, I would say in general. Um, like I said in the beginning of our, our discussion, you need to, my recommendation is to learn how to do the, the groundwork, the hard work, and the technical work from the beginning, from the existing surface out. It's not ever just as easy as just putting tile or stone material on an existing surface. Um, there's a lot of preparation that goes in. It's like I, you know, there are many analogies. And one I use often is a, you know, a, um, a body shop. The better the, the, the prep work is and the body work, the better the paint job will turn out. Um, you can't put a high-end, beautiful paint on a piece of crap. It's just not going to work. Yeah, the vessel has to be properly uh, prepared first. Steps, many steps to that preparation. By the time you get to installing the actual tile, uh, the tile installation should be a breeze by that point. All the work, well, not all the work, but a lot of the preparation and um, technical uh, layouts and so forth and protection and, and, and deciding what system, what type of system you're going to use for installation. All that needs to be done before the tile is even installed, starts to install. So uh, yeah, but, but by the time the tile is ready to go in, it should go pretty well. Now we see a lot of homeowners that want glass tile in their pool, but you know, mm -hmm. some of them live in areas of the country that have like these big temperature swings. And I think that's something that, you know, I have seen you personally say you, you, you think it's problematic that some of these jobs are just in places of the country where you get more expansion due to the weather. I mean, do you see that happening a lot with these jobs? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I wouldn't say a lot because I mean, they don't go in all that often, but when they do, there are certain precautions you got to take. Um, we did a project in uh, Wichita, Kansas, with uh, a guy named uh, Steve Edwards, awesome builder, big time builder out there. Anyway, uh, we did a fairly large glass installation uh, with three or four different formats of glass tile, and it's in uh, you know it's in a definite freestyle area. In fact, he sent me some pictures of the uh, backyard and the pool uh, with snow everywhere, and you know so that was a real uh, different installation. 
uh, process for that project. And some of the some of the glass we didn't even use grout. We let it we let all the joints stay open and installed with a super flexible adhesive so that that movement could would not have any restrictions. What can guys who want to do glass tile in those parts of the country do to ensure that their work stands the test of time and doesn't experience the kind of catastrophic failures like the ones that we keep seeing on social media? I think the best thing to do is probably not do it. Hire or hire somebody that's very familiar and experienced in those type of installations because they are, as I said before, there's not a ton of them going on in those extreme weather areas, but the ones that do happen are usually pretty high-end projects and those owners don't have any problem um, <laughs> taking care of themselves if there is a problem with the with the installation. So yeah, I would do I would go into something either very confidently or not do it at all. I spoke with Lee Russell the other day. You know him, right? I do. He said that he'd love to be doing more glass tile, but the sub base down where he is isn't strong enough. You know, one thing that Lee said that struck a chord with me when we were talking was that the subs in his area are unwilling to go for proper training on how to properly apply it. I mean, do you see a lot of that going on in the industry? Um, yeah, in places like that. And that's actually very true because they don't need to do the training because they are very busy as it is. Why do they need to learn to do something? It's like learning a different trade. It's not learning how to do, they don't see it as learning how to do their trade better. They just, it's something completely foreign to them. And there aren't that many jobs that they would be able to use those tools. So, I mean, I kind of get where they're coming from. He um, does get, or the, the clients that he does get that are wanting projects like that, he knows, you know, he, there's, there's definitely a handful of people uh, to, that all the contractors can reach out to that are able to travel uh, travel country and, and execute these installations. Well, I know you're in uh, tributary revelation and uh, you guys kind of uh, collaborate and coordinate, you know, kind of an elite, the elite in the industry. You guys pretty much uh, know to tap each other for specific jobs. I mean, I think that's fantastic. Definitely. Yeah. So the installers and tributary, me and Danilo, and he's a really good installer. Um, he comes out west occasionally, I believe. He stays, I think, mostly on the East Coast. He's got a lot of work out there. Yeah, so uh, there's a mosaic uh, fabricator, mosaicist, and he's on the East Coast, so he can provide material as well. Seachis uh, and Oceanside, of course, and Bazaza are all um, material producers also. Yeah, I know you work with Bazaza a lot. Is that like the Mercedes standard and tile now? Well, Bazaz has always been at the top of my list, quality-wise and visually. Visually, that plays a big part for me. So I've always been attracted to the different colors and surfaces that they offer. But Seachies and Oceanside certainly are at equally at the top of, uh, of the list as far as the glass tile goes. Mm-hmm. Um what have you been doing during COVID? I mean, you know, there's been this unprecedented demand. I assume you've been busier than ever. Well, we've been busy, but um, not as busy as we're used to. So, uh, I mean, we scaled down, so our overhead is lower, um, our workforce is smaller, um, and that way we've been able to accommodate the jobs that we do have without feeling like we're, you know, there's vacancies and voids. So we're still very busy, we're just scaled down. But that's definitely changing. Uh, It's been changing for the last couple of months. Well, there's all that's going on right now with the shortages and there's increases and everything. 
I assume you yeah. had to pass costs on to your customers and your trade partners. Has this impacted you in any way or slowed down your jobs? Yeah, I mean, it, um, I mean, in shipping it, depending on where the material is coming from, we've had to wait longer at times. But uh, as far as the installation materials go, it's pretty readily available. And, um, you know, we, again, we usually are planning things out far enough ahead of time that we don't have many delays like that. But yeah, the biggest thing that's affected us or, or the biggest way it's affected us is um, just kind of cutting back. So our overhead is lower, our workforce is, is smaller. Things seem to be changing in the last couple of months. It seems like people are just going nuts. So we've hired a bunch of, bunch of our older guys back and, and taking on jobs that are, uh, you know, out, outside of the, outside of California more. Do you see a return to the norm, Jimmy? I mean, uh, do. 2022? Yeah, it, yeah. I was going to say it's not there yet, but I definitely see it coming back. At least that's how yeah. it feels at the moment. Uh, I know you worked on a long list of A-list celebrities, movie stars, pro athletes, you name it. I mean, you have established yourself big time. Well, I mean, that that all sounds good and looks good on paper to work with celebrities and so forth. But really, the money people are the people that own the companies that the celebrities work for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the big, big money people. So uh, a lot of times we have no idea, either have never met or won't meet the client, the actual owners, or don't even know who they are. I mean, I mean, almost every job is an NDA situation. So, And it doesn't really matter anyway. Um, we're just there to do the work. Does it ever blow your mind? You take a look at where you are and what you're working on. Yeah, it does. Every day. Every day. <laughs> but you uh, know you what? Some of the smallest jobs that we do are just detail-wise. I mean, we focus so much on the detail, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I, if we're doing a little tiny little water feature or, a, you know, a 30,000 square foot water, you know, house, it doesn't matter. I mean, everything, everything, something every day blows me away. Now, you sound like a pretty humble guy and uh, really well-grounded for somebody who's got the kind of visibility you do in this industry. Oh, well, I try. <laughs> I mean, really nothing matters except the job. So I try not to let all the other kind of nonsense get in the way. Oh, that's terrific. Well, we appreciate your time today, Jimmy. And I really enjoyed our discussion and getting to know you a little bit better. And thanks for taking the time out today to connect with us and talk shop. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. That's all the time we have today, but make sure to tune in next time. We'll be chatting with Lee Russell, another well-known and well-respected guy in the pool world. A big thank you to our sponsors, Base Creek Technologies, the leaders in waterproof bond coats for the swimming pool industry. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast.